I'm LB and Plan B, genetically bees. Answer me this, answer me this Why can't I have my pudding till I've eaten my peas? Answer me this, answer me this Helen and Ollie, answer me this Well listeners, as we warned you last week, this is our last episode until we go off on a little holiday. That's it, we're out of here. So long suckers, I've got my bucket and spade and I'm off to Cleethorpes. <laughs> Uh, do they have a version of Cleethorpes where you're going? <laughs> what hell? <laughs> I'll, I'll have to tell you after I'm dead, but I will come back and give you a good haunting to let you know. Right. We will be back on the 19th of April. However, if you need a little something to tide you over this gaping chasm of audio... We've recorded an hour-long special one-off album. Well, uh, it's one off unless it's really successful, in which case we'll it's the first of many. Time. <laughs> yes, it is a Jubilee special to commemorate the Queen's upcoming celebration of the length of time she has held the job of Queen. And you can buy it now from iTunes. Now. So ev- even as you're listening to this, if you want, you can go to iTunes, type in Answer Me This Jubilee, there it'll be. 57 whole minutes of royalist fun. Everything from uh, who decides how many guns are in a gun salute what, to. Uh, what the Queen's tits are like. And uh, what's the point of the royal family? That's in there. So it's it has good. to be doesn't it, it's really? It's very, very royal friendly. I'm not collection. sure we adequately answer that question, to be fair. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. All this can be yours for the price of £2.49. That's right, or uh, $3.99 if you're in the US, or a similarly puny amount wherever you are that you like to iTunes in the world in whatever yeah. currency you choose. I don't know how many ringgits or yen. We get, for every album, I've worked out, £1.27. Do we? Yeah. Awesome. Now that's then, listeners, going to be split between the three of us. Okay. So just think, so think, oh, that Helen Ollie and Martin, I've Rolling had five years it. of free entertainment from them. If I saw them in the street, would I be prepared to give them 42 pence to thank them? 42 and a third pence. That's right. Every third counts. If you would throw 42 and a third pence our way... At each of us. Uh, Answermethispodcast.com slash albums. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, you may have thought that you'd escaped Helen this week without any further discussion about Big Bird. Oh, God. Will there never be an end to this Muppet conundrum? But- Helen, here is a question not about Big Bird, him slash herself, but instead a very big bird. Great. Uh, The best kind. It's from Paul in Budapest, who says there's a four-day weekend in Hungary coming up. Yay! Thanks, Independence. And I'd had my heart set on spending the break visiting what I'd been told was the world's largest bird statue. You sure know how to spend a public holiday. <laughs> in Tatabanya. I do love our listeners, Helen. You yeah. can bet there's no one writing into the Adam Carolla show asking about bird statues. I wouldn't bank on anything. Um, He's how- got a lot of time to fill every day. <laughs> <laughs> However, a cursory Google search, Paul continues, sells the statue of the Tural there rather shorter, suggesting... It's merely the largest bird statue in Europe. Really? My mm. cursory Google search suggests otherwise. Okay, good, good. Let's yes. bring this back on track yeah. for Paul in Budapest. Yeah. Uh, according to some references, he says, it's only the largest in Central Europe. No, if you read it properly, Paul, it would say it was the largest bronze sculpture in Central Europe, but it is the largest bird sculpture in the world. Oh, okay, good. So, answer me this, Helen. What is the largest bird statue in the world? That one in Tatabanya of the Tural, and it's got a nearly 15 metre wingspan. And does it have stockings like Big Bird? No. Shame. It's a mythical type of bird, not a bloody Sesame Street bird. Oh, not, not a real bird like Big Bird, modelled on actual avian example. Right, right. Uh, does the Angel of the North count as a bird sculpture? No. no, that's obviously a human. But it's got wings. The clue's in the title, Angel of oh, the North. Uh, but the not tur- Bird of the North, is it? It's not Sarah Millican, eh? <laughs> I think even if, say, in somewhere very show-offy like Dubai, 
they built a 30 meter wingspan bird sculpture it's still worth going to see a 15 meter bird sculpture if you're interested in giant bird sculptures that's right if you're the kind of person who'd be interested in seeing the third or second biggest bird sculpture in the world that should be enough for you we should be so lucky to see the biggest any sort of sculpture in the world right hey you know they've got that fourth plinth in trafalgar square yeah that awful rocking horse thing on it do you not like it no i like it oh it's shit it looks like it's made of plastic what okay. I haven't seen that. All right. What it, okay. It's a child on a rocking horse. It's gold. Right. It's gold. It's crap. Right. It's deliberately kind crap. of camp. Crap. What sort of, what's that guy called? Coons, is it? It does the, the big No, no, dice. no. It's not camp like Jeff Coons. It's, it's almost camp like an Anne Geddes photo of a baby dressed as a sunflower. What it's supposed to be doing, and I, I, to be fair, I did have to read a lot of news articles so that I was like, oh, yes, itchy beard. I understand. But what there's it's supposed to be. There's nothing to understand. <laughs> no, no. It's just a golden okay. sculpture of a boy on what a What am I going to say then, Helen, if there's nothing to understand? I don't understand. care what it means. Right. I don't care fine it means nothing i care go on yeah well maybe the listeners it's a decoration it's like a giant let me tell you what i read and then you'll see whether you agree i think it's interesting because the artist's intention is to subvert the tradition of equestrian statue in trafalgar square okay so the the rest are war horses military yes and the little boy apparently is looking away from the war horses because he's frightened of them what a dickhead no he's a child helen and it's saying look at perfectly fine to be near the lions (laughs) (laughs) it's saying nelson no it's saying look at the innocent fun of a child on a horse compared to these sort of hero worship statues of men on horseback going to war and it's a kind of it's a subversive sort of anti-war statue it's not good enough for me it looks bad bring back the ship in the bottle but anyway what i was going to say is when the plinth next becomes available which is 2014 i think what you could do is build what is actually the world's biggest bird statue and only temporarily <laughs> be the world's biggest bird statue wouldn't it why because everyone's always trying to one up no because the plinth is only a temporary thing it's yeah, only yeah, for yeah, a but year the statue still exists it would just be in a different situation well it would be in a museum or something but i guess someone well, could not that size you have to put it outdoors yeah Put it on the roof. What I'm Put saying it on the is... Roof, like, it would scare off all the pigeons from Trafalgar Square, and that'd be a great thing. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Paul in Budapest, go and see this sculpture whilst it remains the biggest bird statue in Europe, because it may not be for much longer if I have anything to do with it. Here's a question from Reva from Effingham, who says, I went to Egypt last month, and all the time we were there for three weeks... The only song they played was Sex Bomb. Even though I could see there were loads of other CDs they could have played. Holly, answer me this. Why did they do this? Why? Well, it's the biggest problem Egypt has right now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Not bombs, sex bombs. Yes. This is a Tom Jones song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, from the album uh, Reload. But you remember saying, let me unload all over your boobs. That's basically it. <laughs> um, sex bomb, sex bomb. That. I'm on fire. Do- <laughs> I'm too old to ejaculate, so I just... Ejaculate sparks. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm on a timer. Hurry up! <laughs> uh, I imagine, uh, Reva, that it's just the locals satirising Western culture. They're like, if you're going to come here to a Muslim country and hold yourself up in a resort hotel doing aqua aerobics, I'm not going to bother imbuing you with the local culture. No, we're just going to take the basest, most sexually bizarre song about a horny old Welshman and play it to you <laughs> relentlessly. I tell you what, we're going to ape Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Maybe it's number one on the Egyptian hit parade. It's possible. Because it, often these things take several years to uh, properly penetrate abroad. Or, or maybe they just don't notice. When I was on holiday in Turkey, for example, um, the locals there didn't seem to notice that the whole time they seemed to be playing exactly the same Turkish pop song endlessly. That's because all Turkish pop songs sound the same to the untrained ex-Turkish yeah. ear. It's all Kiss Kiss by Holly Valance. But it was basically <laughs> Except that. Except with Tarkan instead of Holly Valance. So I wonder if, if uh, in the same way that kind of, uh, to us, 
that all sounded like the same song. Maybe to the locals, <laughs> all songs sound like Sex Bomb anyway, so you might as well just play Sex Bomb. Truly all life is here. However, there are a lot of bars that do just play the same music over again. When I worked in the bar at our university college, even though there were a lot of CDs, they had one of those massive donut-shaped CD changers, but the only two albums played were Pet Sounds and a Queen album, I think a best of. Mm-hmm. And even though both those albums are good... Yeah, solid driving music, aren't you know, they? Working there a couple of nights a week... I can't listen to the Beach Boys. It took like 10 years for that to wear off. Yeah, well, look what happened to Brian Wilson. If you've got a question, email your question. To answer me at this podcast, gmail.com. Answer me this podcast, Time for a question from Tim, who says, A few months ago, I met a crazy lady from Brazil. Yay! She is 41, and I am 26. Very good. And it is strictly platonic. Uh, However, the other day, she asked me to marry her. Strictly platonic. That doesn't sound very platonic. What a crazy lady from Brazil! (laughs) I marry you, you bring me Brazil nuts. I think some people will find that offensive. (laughs) That's not what Brazilian people sound like. But for official purposes, as she wants to get a passport... Oh, oh, I see. Oh, how romantic. I know it's illegal yep. and not morally right, but she did say she would offer good money. Right. I offer you good money, I crazy lady. Please stop that. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? To fool the law, you apparently have to stay married for two years. She said she would pay me £1,500. For two years? Mm. That's rubbish. That's a crap hourly rate. Uh, yeah. Less than 15 quid a week. It's probably about what I spend on, on hazelnut lattes. <laughs> <laughs> to and marry that, someone. And that is a proper relationship. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not greedy in character, Tim continues, and work very hard for not more than the minimum wage. But this didn't strike me as much, nor us, considering the potential two years of my time... So, Helen, answer me this. How much is fair price for two years of official marriage? Well, also, you've got to uh, count in the fact that getting married costs money. Yeah, that's true. Even if you just do the bare minimum of turning up at a registry office. It's got to be convincing, hasn't it? So that's, you, you would spend more than nothing. Probably more than £1,500. It's 66 quid just to get the licence. Now, if one of you is not British or from the EU or a diplomat, then it's really quite difficult to get the licence, I understand. Uh, because they're trying to crack down on exactly this kind of thing. Yeah. A friend of a friend, uh, he was marrying a man from Cameroon, <coughs> and uh, apparently the registrars demanded like evidence of them being together for a long time. They interviewed various of their friends. They looked at like correspondence going back over the years. They wanted to see photos of them together. Yeah. Uh, I also asked uh, my divorce lawyer friend Nick, and he says if the government uh, thinks it's only a marriage of convenience, they won't let it happen. They won't grant the licence. And in this country, you can't get married without a licence. Well, also, if you're doing it knowingly and you're doing it for money, then she, you're breaking the law, aren't you? She's asking you yeah. to break the law. Well, she could get deported permanently. I mean, and- couldn't you be done for like perverting the course it's of fraud, justice? Isn't it? yeah. It's essentially fraud. Actually, couldn't we be done? for perverting the course of justice by advising you on this matter as well. Oh, we're advising him not to, effectively, I suppose we? so. I mean, why does this woman want to stay here anyway? People speak highly of Brazil. Yeah. Is it worth all this inconvenience Growing economy and as well, though. I'm not sure, though, whether um, it is two years you have to stay married. You have to be... You can't legally get divorced until you've been married a year, Nick says. 
uh, as he uh, rubs his hands anticipating Martin's my first wedding anniversary <laughs> but actually maybe it's a visa thing I think you only get like a kind of uh, conditional visa for the first couple of years I mean let's assume that you can actually get away with it what's your price I just think it's too much hassle for, for 1500 quid yeah definitely do it for that. get a summer job in Asda <laughs> I think the bottom line is 10k plus expenses thank you I mean this guy's 26 I think if I was 21 and someone said here's 20,000 pounds you'll be married for two years I'd be like yeah and again, when I'm 22, please. Well, I'm a bad liar, and I don't think I'd do very well with the, with the sort of immigration officials or the or the sort of uh, home office people. Hey, you convinced everybody at our wedding. <laughs> imagine having to explain that in your early 20s you'd had this a marriage of convenience. I don't think a lot of women would be very impressed with that sort of behaviour. That's the thing. If you're 26 now, you think, oh, well, you know, not got much else going on, not got a girlfriend, etc. What if you meet someone great three months in and you're like... Meet my wife. Yeah, she's it's not right. really my wife. It's but, platonic, and she's a crazy Brazilian. But we have to make the government believe that it is a real marriage. It leads to uh, surprisingly uncomfortable feelings if you uh, take money for things that are emotional. I mean, this is marriage, and I know marriage doesn't mean much to you, Ollie. But I st- still think if someone had paid you to be married them for two years when you were in your early twenties, yeah. I think you would have felt bad about it. It's like if no. you if if a woman who you would have sex with anyway paid you for the sex. I don't think this would seem like the ideal situation in reality that it would look like on paper. It does sound good. Isn't that just the same as if they got me a nice present afterwards to thank me for the amazing sex? The present has to be of higher value because I went for over 10 minutes. (laughs) Where do you go to find all the answers that you are looking for? I will tell you the secret. Very good, very good. Where do you go to find the answer? Answermethispodcast.com Where do you go to find the answer? Answermethispodcast.com You will find your answer here Answermethispodcast.com You will find your answer here Answermethispodcast.com While we're on our break, listeners, please do not forget to send us your questions via email, obviously, but I would particularly urge you to send them in via the telephone. Yes, please, because we've had some quite ropey callers the last few weeks. You can call this number... <laughs> Or you can Skype answer me this and leave us a lovely voicemail like this one. Hi, it's from March. Hello, no, 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 answer me this. I'm just wondering, has anyone ever won the lottery using the lucky dip selection? I don't even think I fully understand what the lucky dip selection does. What, what don't you understand? You choose six numbers to play the National Lottery. Yeah, and if Lucky you... Dip is for people that are too stupid or lazy to do that. Yes. But what does it matter? I mean, it's, it's so unlikely that numbers you choose through some system are going to win. You may as well choose Lucky Dip. Well, in fact, it makes better sense. Because even <gasps> though you're as likely to win using Lucky Dip as with numbers you've chosen, mm. people tend to choose similar sorts of numbers to each other Aww. because they'll choose Months. the age of their daughter yeah. or the age of their husband or their lucky number, which is usually seven or something under 28. People, It's actually very hard to be properly random if you try to be. That's right. And in fact, this is the reason why Lucky Dip tickets, uh, or if you live in the rest of the world, quick pick. Quick pick? Yeah. I can see why they went for Lucky Dip. Um, <laughs> sounds more fun, doesn't it? It does. Like it's covered in sherbet. Yeah, whereas Quick Pick sounds like something quite dirty, like like picking a flake out your bum that you'd want to do very quickly and no thank, one would see you. Thank you, Ollie. The reason that uh, Camelot in the UK didn't introduce Lucky Dip tickets for the first two years of the National Lottery was precisely because... Too winny. It's a bit too winning. Oof. Because... Those cheeky bastards. It's more likely to produce a rollover if people choose their own numbers because mm. the random result is just as likely to come up but because no one's been doing lucky dip 
it's unlikely that people will have chosen those random numbers. It's more likely that people will have chosen something like the most common combination, which is 7, 14, 21, 28, 35 and 42. Oh, the seven times table. Well, apparently 10,000 tickets are bought for each draw with the combination one, two, three, four, five, and six. You're talking about people with no imaginations. Seriously. Those, those people should be playing Lucky Dip. Why would you play the lottery if you're that much of a loser? So the answer is yes, lots of people have won using Lucky Dip, obviously. I haven't managed to find anything on the internet that actually itemises exactly how many and how many Lucky Dips versus how many non-Lucky Dips. But I think out of all tickets, Lucky Dip only represents about 10% of sales. So, of course, it's probably going to be around about 10% of winnings. Here's a question from Kirsty and Chris from London who say, Ollie, answer me this. Who was the last rock star to throw a TV from a hotel window? This isn't a myth, this TV out of windows no, thing. No, it happened loads. Happened loads. I bet it still does. Well, exactly. So how can we say who the last person I bet was? It when happened five minutes ago. Yeah, Rockstars exactly. are cocks. And, t- and televisions are so throwable. Of course, they're a little, little bit less heavy nowadays. Keith Moon did it. Uh, so did Keith Richards. Didn't Johnny Depp do that? He trashed a hotel room in the, in the era when he was going out with Kate Moss, so God knows what substances they were both ingesting. And he said, I'd been trying to swat a giant cockroach. $30,000 worth of damage. Really? Was it that much? Yeah. How do you damage that much in a hotel room? The best one I read, because I just couldn't believe it cost this much for this one item, was Alice Cooper in the 70s. Uh-huh. $5,000. Yeah. Because he turned over a Coke vending machine. Wow. $5,000 in the 70s. That's like 30 grand now for yeah. a Coke machine. And I thought Alice Cooper was quite weedy. That takes a lot of strength. Anyway. Yes. I think I know who may be the last rock star to throw a TV out of a hotel window. Can you even get a, a hotel window open enough to get a television out of now? Although they are flat screens, so you only need to open it a crack. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yes. Matt Willis from Busted. He's not a rock he's star, a rock. he's a pop star. I know, but the last document I can find of any any kind of musician at all throwing a TV out of a window, it was Matt Willis and Busted about 10 years ago. Because why would you want to get rid of the TV? When you're in a hotel room and you're on a boring tour, it's probably the only thing that's keeping you going. Yeah, well, this is it. I've read a lot of articles about this, and apparently, like, when artists stay in hotels, their main concern nowadays is blackout curtains so they can sleep during the day. Mm-hmm. They like a spa, if possible, right. and a late checkout. As well as somewhere safe to park the tour bus. Hash browns at breakfast? Yeah, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? They get snobbish about it, don't they? They say, oh, it's ridiculous. Who do they think they are rock stars? You know, they want it all. But actually, if you're away from home more than you're at home, it's fair enough to say, well, I want to stay in the best hotel in an area in a place where fans aren't able to get into my room and stuff like that. Mm. But Matt Willis from Busted apparently was being interviewed by, I I don't know, someone from Smash Hits or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, the journalist was saying how rock and roll wasn't rock and roll anymore. And I know they weren't rock and roll, but they were a pop group pretending to be rock and roll. Yes, which was funny. no one throws TVs out of windows anymore. So he did it in the middle of the interview. Wow. And then was felt really guilty afterwards and was just worried that nobody was hurt. (laughs) You know what would have been a more interesting question? Who was the first rock stars to throw a TV out of a window because well, you, go, you might be able to go back to the days of bluesmen to have like Sun House kicking a TV and the, <laughs> the TVs were big in those days. they were like the size of a wardrobe and they actually had to get a porter to help them out, <laughs> out with it downstairs and then they just kicked it off the front doorstep <laughs> I think you'll find Vera Lynn actually threw a Robert's radio out of the Ritz in uh, 1927 so that wins. I think you'll find that Mozart smashed up the Globe <laughs> Theatre <laughs> and kicked a fucking harpsichord here's a question from Luke from Lewis now who says my nan keeps a bag full of corks at the bottom of the bed of course she does <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have teddy bears in my day because of the rationing um, she swears the story Stop her getting cramps during the night. Whatever makes it work for her. Uh, so Helen, answer me this. Does this work? Or is it a pile of old lady bullshit? Well, if it's a pile of old lady bullshit, it's a pile of old lady bullshit that the internet agrees with. <gasps> but that nobody mm. knows why. And I thought, maybe if you have corks at the bottom of the bed, maybe it does something like 
absorb dampness from the atmosphere, which means yeah. your ankles are less likely to swell up. But no, Maybe. people say, I keep a cork under my bed. Ever since then, the cramps have stopped. That's ridiculous. It's bizarre. I mean, I know that there are whole areas of the human brain that we don't understand that there might be levels of electromagnetism coming out of corks that we've yet to analyze but basically that's just superstitious crap isn't it yeah i mean it's harder and harder to find a cork now does a plastic cork work does it have to be a proper old corky cork? <laughs> a little screw bottle top <laughs> might have to be a cork bathroom tile ah now that would be useful because i've got a lot of those in my flat and do you have leg cramp if you sleep i don't oh my god floor? it's a miracle i get terrible calf pains and it is normally when the weather suddenly becomes a lot more humid than yeah. it has been uh-huh. okay well apparently you can also press your finger on your upper lip to alleviate the cramp or you can keep a spoon by your bedside and press that on the cramping area martin to try that or you can use the ancient east anglian method of keeping the four feet of a mole in your pocket now how would you discover that the four feet of a mole prevented cramp do you look at a mole and think well they don't seem to have cramp in their back legs at night <laughs> must be because their forefeet are so close although aretha franklin if you are listening to this and i'm sure you are uh you should do this why because she didn't turn up did she to whitney houston's funeral because she had leg cramps that was the because reason she had leg cramps. Yeah, that's what the official statement was now in new jersey talking of new jersey where whitney houston's funeral was yes uh they used to believe because it seems every region has some strange theory about cramp but in new jersey they used to believe that you got cramp if you walked over a grave and therefore as a cramp preventative people used to carry coffin handles can't fault that logic here's a question from joey who says i'm at university and as a student unfortunately i can only afford cheap accommodation thank you the tories (laughs) i think actually part of the student experience is living in cheap accommodation and even if you were living somewhere quite swanky it would be firstly wrong secondly it would be trashed it it would look disgusting within a month exactly and if you look at all the people that actually have loads of money and go to posh universities they don't have fun well no, no I was going to say they like to slum it anyway don't yeah, they like they Wills like to live he lived in, in a shared house didn't he exactly because otherwise yeah you don't make friends with anyone other than people you went to public school with and that's no fun anyway he says the reason it is cheap is because I have a shared room with a fellow boy and you can watch us 24-7 at collegecock.com <laughs> <laughs> we get on to a point but we're not the closest of friends I'm starting to get close to a girl and have been thinking about potential future problems okay Ollie answer me this How do I tell my roommate to leave when I want to have the room alone with my new girl without it being really awkward? Because obviously if he stayed in the room, it wouldn't be really awkward at all, would it? (laughs) Um, I don't think that would be an awkward conversation. I think uh, most other men would understand that very straightforward scenario. I think what would be weirder is explaining to the girl who might have just accepted an invitation back to your room because, after all, that is the only place you can invite her. You don't mind if Simon's just a couple of yards away, do you? He won't look. He (laughs) promises. No, not that. I think it would be weirder for her to get there and realise that you'd made machinations for him not to be there. Do you know what I mean? You need to make it look like an accident that he's not there. Really? No, I think she would prefer it if uh, she knew that there was a guarantee Simon would not return. I think you need to say to Simon, Simon... We both want to get seriously laid, don't we? We're students. Let's have a signal, okay? So if uh, you're going to get lucky, just let me know and I'll sleep on the sofa, okay? And if I am, I'll, I'll give you 24 hours notice. Now, tomorrow... I think it would be perverse of this fictitious Simon to uh, actually insist on being there. So however awkward you think the conversation may be, at the end of the day, he's going to say, all right then, isn't he? I mean, it would yeah. be really weird if he said no... I have to be in that night. But if Simon is that type of twat, then 
the only option you really have is to buy him some uh, industrial headphones to block out the noise and put a screen up in the middle of the room then just go for it you've done your best <laughs> but still it might put her off a bit well either that or get him involved ask him yeah. to fill in when you're tired well, turn a bad into a good hand you some uh, some refreshing drinks <laughs> maybe some extra lubricants or just a towel maybe do cool some dirty down. talk yeah but i think quite a lot of uh, american listeners say might not understand because they're kind of used to having roommates yeah. at universities whereas here it's a, it's a relative rarity but presumably mm. if you're at university in america you have to listen to quite a lot of the sexual activity of your roommate actually partly because of growing up in environments in which masturbation had to be very much uh furtive yes i don't make a great deal of noise during congress and i had to kind of learn my way out of that a little bit is that because you make so much noise throughout every other aspect of your life there has to be some private sphere no, but actually, otherwise just, how can you tell the difference between sexual activity and no, activity? But serious point like and then yeah. having flatmates who yeah. were like yeah. through paper thin walls you actually yeah. you sort of train yourself not to yeah. i'm like the hunt for an october i'm like sean connery <laughs> silent running often i don't even know he's there <laughs> if you don't even know what a question is then you're probably at the wrong place Religions on Godcasts, dogs are on dogcasts, fish are on rodcasts, but we don't do fish, cause on this podcast you answer me this. Here's a question from Richard who says Queen Elizabeth I has appeared as a character in at least 78 films and TV series according to IMDB. She's been portrayed by actors such as Judy Dench, Miranda Richardson. Kate Blanchett, Glenda Jackson, and John Cleese. This is like one of those really awkward scripted bits of the Oscars, isn't it? <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, Kate Blanchett. Uh, yeah, uh, well, what of it? So, Ollie, answer me this. Mm-hmm. Who is the most portrayed character in the history of TV and films? Good question. Ooh, it's a hard question. It's probably someone really rubbish, isn't it? Like Oliver Twist. It is someone a bit rubbish. Well, I don't want to, say, I don't want to give you too many clues yet. You're, oh, you're going to say Oliver Twist. Father Christmas. Uh, it always used to be Sherlock Holmes, didn't it? Martin's right that it used to be Sherlock Holmes. Okay. The Guinness World Record used to be Sherlock Holmes. But records are made to be broken. But as usual, clever Dick Zaltzman has got in straight away, ruined the entire game yeah. with her mm. allegation that it's Father Christmas. Allegation. <laughs> Unfounded, Your Honour. Yeah, I've got the full top ten from the Guinness World Records okay. here. You can guess how many films Santa Claus has appeared in. Uh, oh, that is really hard. How many films? Oh. I'll say, well, well, let's work up from ten, okay. right? Okay. So in 10th place with 226 appearances... Blimey! Count Dracula. Mm, I would have put him in the top 10. That's good. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't think about Dracula. When you think about all the Hammer Horror films mm. and then all the spoofs like Leslie Nielsen and stuff, yeah. you can see that, right? Mm. Now, this really surprised me. 229 appearances at number 9. Frankenstein? No. Jason, because they did a lot of those films. <laughs> Not as many as 229. Mm. It's it's for the other end of the market to the horror movie market. It's not Elizabeth Bennet, is it? Or Heathcliff or something? <laughs> no. Bugs Bunny. The thing is, that's all the same actor. So, so actually, oh. out of everyone in the top ten, Mel Blanc's probably the most featured... The most prolific film appearer. Yeah. Who's next? So, okay, next is Sherlock Holmes that Martin said. Oh, 238 right. appearances. Whatevs. Mm. Next, n- never in a million years would have guessed... He's got a beard and he's stern. Who is he? He's got 247 appearances. Is it Con Marx? No. <laughs> uh, he is a, he's a political figure, Uncle yeah. Uncle Joe. Top hat, beard, boring. Oh, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Yes, Abraham Lincoln. At 286, <laughs> he's famous for an internet meme and the Holocaust. 
Any guesses? Hitler? Yes, oh. it's Adolf Hitler. Wow. Uh, do, do, do all those YouTube videos count of the uh, no, redubbed downfall? I don't believe so. Okay. At number uh, five now, he's the big guy, 295 appearances. Andre oh. the Giant. Uh, it is, of course, one and the same, Andre the Giant, or as he's known, <laughs> God. Oh, but you can't really portray God, it's very difficult. Well, and in a way, he's in every film. 295 people have tried, haven't he? He's everywhere. Uh, next up, at number four, with 325 appearances, is a chip off the old block. Jesus. Jesus, yes. Oh. Presumably, these are fictional characters. Couldn't be documentaries. Yeah, because Abraham Lincoln is a fictional character. And then, yeah, but a character portrayed in a fictional work. Uh, I see what you mean, yes. I don't think it includes documentaries, no. Good point. Even ones with the cinema release, now, as we know, at... is more popular now than it used to be. Now, we're looking at the top three now. Mm. You've guessed number one is Santa Claus. You've got to guess how many he's had in a minute. Okay. At number three, with 396 appearances... Mm. Bigger than Jesus. If you see him... You might catch your death. Candyman. <laughs> there are only close, two films. Close. Who's like the Candyman, but has been around for a bit longer in popular mythology. He's got a scythe. Oh, death. Death, death. yeah. Death is right. in more than God and Jesus. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Wow. In the second place, which famous character has had 724 appearances, only marginally fewer than Santa Claus? The devil. Yes. The devil. That makes him more than twice as popular as God. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, gets the last laugh. <laughs> yeah. So... Bearing in mind that, you know, the devil has 724 appearances. At number one, Santa Claus, how many films? And you said it was only a shade It's only a shade more. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Let's I'll play higher, lower. Higher, lower. Higher, lower. Okay. 820. 897. Lower. Oh. 748. Okay, Martin, you win the points if you say it's higher or lower than 748 and you're right. Lower. No, Helen wins. But you're still a bit off. 793. That's good going. Well done, Santa. 793 Santa Claus films. In in a way, I'm surprised it's not more. I mean, because he's saying, in the question, films and TV series. I reckon if you include Santa in TV series, he's going to go well into four figures. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've just got films here. Does that include Santas that are obvious department store Santas like in Bad Santa yes I should think so right that's confusing well it's still going to show up in the credits though isn't it Santa Claus presumably those mythological creatures like Santa the devil and Jesus uh, flourish because they're not copyrighted it's not like if you put Spongebob Squarepants in all the films well Mm. I I think to be fair as well (laughs) that over time people may be more interested in Jesus and the Grim Reaper than in Spongebob Squarepants let's see Spongebob hasn't had enough time to prove himself yeah you're right yeah well Dracula's there so I guess that's had a couple of Hundred years, isn't oh, it? It's a very faddy. Character. Very faddy. Well, we've done it. We've answered our last question, and it is time to go on holiday. That's it. Spring Yay! break. Spring break. <laughs> Helen did actually just do a mime as if she lifted up her shirt. Yeah, girls though... gone wild. Woo! <laughs> oh god. It's all right. I'm wearing a buttoned-up cardigan, listeners. No danger there. <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep an eye on it. Uh, but if you want to be truly wild, then the only thing to do this spring break is, of course, listen to our iTunes exclusive album, "The Answer Me This Jubilee." Is that really wild? Seems uh, quite sedate to me. Well, it's a way to prepare yourself for getting wild or maybe in between bursts of wildness, yeah. chill out. Learn, entertain, all these things in one £2.49 package. That's right. Uh, so if you want that, type Answer Me This Jubilee into iTunes or head to our website and click Albums and you can buy it there and we'd appreciate it and hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. Let us yes. know. And what we'd also appreciate is if you sent us some questions. Oh, good God, yes. All of our contact details are listed on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Which is also the place to head, of course, on Thursday the 19th of April, put it in your diaries, circle it in red on your walls. You put it in your diary, Ollie. Actually, I tell you what, 
put it in your Google calendar. That's what all you kids use, isn't it? You don't, don't use diaries. Do. Like, no, I've got file facts. Get with it, 80s idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we'll see you then for more fun and frolic. Have a lovely time in the intervening weeks. Bye! Bye.